So, I hope you all are enjoying our fine fall weather we have today. It's great. I personally admit that I am much more partial to uh, the warm, sandy beaches of the Caribbean. But as uh, Pastor Caleb pointed out to me today, it is a great day to praise the Lord. So, I ask you, I invite you to stand, put on your mask, and worship with us this morning.
is our Nation Sunday. Now, we have always called that Mission Sunday before, but we realize that all of us are on mission, and every one of us could be called a missionary because we are going out from here to be witnesses and representatives of Jesus Christ. But to get our minds focused on other nations outside of our world, our bubble, we are going to start calling it nations, because that is what we're thinking of. We're thinking of the whole world, all nations. But what's interesting is that this week, we know that Satan, that we've won, that we're victorious. But all over the world, I've just realized that this week, there seems to be an extended emphasis on his rule. In many countries, they are holding festivals to their gods and offering gifts. In others, they're offering to the god of the river. And right here in Canada, as we all know, there's Halloween. And the day after Halloween is called the Day of the Dead in Mexico. And that is, Mexico is where our emphasis is going to be next Sunday. There's lots of fun ideas that we have that we want you to participate in. But today we're talking about fasting. And we are in a war. We are in a spiritual war. And so this week, if you are even felt led to, to fast for the rest of the world, because he doesn't have a lot of time, and we are, we are his enemy, and so we want to robe ourselves with those things that God has given us to fight. And one of those things is prayer, so let's go to prayer. Father God, we come into your presence. We've already been brought into your presence, acknowledging who you are. And we want to thank you that you are the victor. And so today we pray for the cruises. We pray for their health. We thank you that you have given them health again. And then, Father, we want to pray for Ashley as she goes to Saskatchewan and to a sick grandmother. And I just pray for real comfort and for uh, family bonding as she does this and for protection. And then, Father, the huge transitions that they're in right now, may you comfort and give them wisdom. And we thank you in advance for all that you're doing there. Father, we pray against what the enemy has planned for this week. Father, we put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. We shod our feet with the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation. We take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is your word. Going out into this week, may we represent Jesus Christ, not in a, a, a forceful, rebellious way, but the, this quiet way that your spirit works. May we represent the God of life, not the God of death, that we are seeing all over our streets, that we are seeing on television, that is all over the country of Mexico. Father, we claim life, not death, and may we live in that this week. And so I pray for everyone here today, may their homes be lights on their street. May they represent all that you are through the power of Jesus Christ. So, Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Take your word and translate it into what you want us to do this week. And we pray all of this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are so aware that there is a spiritual battle out there. And this morning, we want to proclaim the fact that we are alive we are breathing, and we will praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. What holds your heart? What stirs your soul? What matters come to mind? cares you keep, the thoughts you think, it's not all wasted time.
still comes in the morning. Hope still walks with the hurting. If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and dreaming. Still good news worth repeating. Lift your Good morning to you all. Oh, you had about five of you that are alert and awake. That's good. Um, it's, it's really good to be here this morning and uh, not outside in the cold. I had to do a little bit of work outside. Winter kind of happened on us suddenly, so I hadn't put my bikes away and stuff like that. And so I was out in the shed and that wind was blowing and it was cold. But I'm glad the weather's changing. I think we get up to minus three today, plus two tomorrow. And uh, so maybe we'll get a little bit of a reprieve, but uh, God is good all the time. Amen. Now, I, I, just before I go to prayer to begin the sermon, I, I just want to ask you, when you hear a verse that says, uh, we war not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, what comes to your mind? I think often the battles we go through seem very fleshly. You have a boss that mistreats you. You've been laid off. Uh, perhaps your car keeps breaking down. Um, maybe your garage bill is really expensive. Uh, perhaps your fridge is empty on food. It, it's very, very earthly, very tangible the battle we're in, but when the scripture says, we war not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, 
Again, I ask you, what does that make you realize or think? Let's pray, Heavenly Father, we know so many of us who are followers of Christ for years especially, we know that the battles that appear around us in the flesh, whether it's conflict, marital strife, we know that as followers of Christ, deep underneath, behind it all, and we gotta take our own responsibility for our flesh, but deep underneath it, there's an evil one stirring, poking, suggesting, and the evil sometimes can be almost palpable as we feel rage rise up from within, and we wonder, where is that coming from? And so, Father, as we go into our topic today, <laughs> as we talk about fasting, May we understand that we are in a spiritual battle, and especially this week, and there's so many fun components of Halloween, I get that. Kids dressing up and getting candy kind of feels innocent, but there is a extra emphasis on horror, on death, on destruction, and we almost wanna have fun with it, and I believe we do that, God, because it terrifies us. And so I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would uh, uh, help us to understand how we can fight a battle, uh, especially if we're battling for our marriage, we're battling for our jobs, we're battling for our finances. Let us understand this, this, this arrow, this, this tool in our toolbox called fasting. And uh, honestly, God, it conjures up all sorts of fear in all of us. We don't like to go without but God, help us to be open to hearing your truth today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So last Sunday we talked about prayer, and this is the last Sunday of our Live Like Jesus. And I hope last Sunday, I, I definitely, first service for sure, second service not as much, but it was a big heavy Sunday on teaching. And if you're an intellectual type, I hope you came away going, yeah, okay, maybe I need to pray more. And honestly, when we look at Scripture, it definitely shows us that for whatever reason, which is confusing to me, God has chosen to use me to accomplish his will here on the earth. Right from the Garden of Eden, he did that. So last week, talking about prayer, hopefully you remember one of my points as to why we pray, and that reason was because God has chosen to reach the world through us. If we don't pray, it hinders God's kingdom coming to earth. And today, I want to look at, or we need to look at, how fasting fits into that whole prayer kind of avenue. And this morning I'll give you five reasons why you should fast. I'll give you five reasons why you should fast. But before we get to those five reasons, I wanna answer the question, what is biblical fasting? I wanna say straight up, first and foremost, biblical fasting is not eating food. Now, you could drink water, usually it's straight water, but it literally is not eating food for a set time. Might be missing a meal, whatever it is. John Piper writes in his book, A Hunger for God, that fasting is literally, Christian fasting at its root, is the hunger of a homesickness for God. Christian fasting is not only the spontaneous effect of superior satisfaction in God, it is also a chosen weapon, did you hear that? It is also a chosen weapon against every force in the world that would take that satisfaction away. So again, fasting in essence is withdrawing food from your routine so that you can focus solely on God. But I want to expand that a little bit, and we'll talk about it especially near the end of the message. 
Fasting can be more than just food taken away. And by the way, there's some examples in Scripture of some things. But you may want to fast from social media. You may want to fast from, oh, let's see, I wrote down a few ideas here. Uh, Maybe you want to fast from eating dessert. That would be really hard for you Germans out there, I get that. Uh, You might want to fast from TV for a while. uh, And you may want to fast from sex. And uh, those, by the way, that one is specifically in the scriptures. Okay, moving on. The reason number one why you should fast. Reason number one, fasting strengthens you in war for others. Listen to that. Fasting strengthens you in war for others. There are things in our lives we know are God's will, like salvation of loved ones, good marriages, revival of churches, freedom from bondages, and on and on. God promises to do many things for us, doesn't he? So we sit back and we wait for him to do something. But nothing happens. Things fall apart around us. We become disappointed, disillusioned, or even angry with this God who does nothing. God never intended for us to let him do all the work. He has set up his kingdom to work in such a way that we have to cooperate with him in bringing his kingdom to the earth. The Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught says, if you remember, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right from creation, right when God created us in the Garden of Eden, we were given a task and we were supposed to take care of the garden, which in essence, as uh, you may or may not know, is that we were given the task to take care of the earth. In that case, it was one specific location. But right from the beginning, God didn't just create humans to sit back and have fans blowing on them, eating fruit picked by somebody like an angel or something, but God actually gave us a purpose. He's written that in our hearts. He's given us a a, a desire to actually be part of his creation. The bottom line, some things and some blessings will only happen if we pray. Let me read that again. Some things and some blessings will only happen if we pray. James chapter four point, uh, James chapter four verse two says, "You do not have because you do not ask God." When you're trying to reclaim a poor marriage or a lost child, remember there are demonic forces involved as well. Satan has always been after the offspring. Remember the first family, Cain killed Abel. I'm not asking us to give Satan any credit, by the way, that he does not deserve. I'm not asking that you focus on Satan. However, we do need to be aware. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. By the way, this isn't a passive posture. This is an active doing posture. Flee from him. Resist him. Are you aware we have divine weapons? We war not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. 2 Corinthians says in chapter 10, verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We use divine weapons such as prayer, inner healing, deliverance, breaking bondages, and generational ties, and confession as well as gifts of the Spirit such as prophecy, tongues, and so on. All our courses that we as a church have, all the programs that we put together, the partnerships that we have in town are about demolishing strongholds. It's about pushing back the gates of hell. It's about us finding more and more and more freedom in Christ. It's about discovering who God has created you to be. We must recognize it's a battle and we need to understand and fight like warriors. Matthew 17, 21 said, but this kind, speaking of a demoniac who was struggling, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. 
So how does this all work? You will notice as we go through the scriptures, and the scriptures we've read already, weakness is mandatory for those who desire spiritual strength. Ezra 8.21 says it this way, there by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. Friends, when we humble ourselves in voluntary weakness by fasting, God pours into us the grace to conquer. Fasting is not primarily a call to hunger, but a call to weakness in order to get supernatural strength. There's a Chinese pastor by the name of Bro Yun. And uh, he was hunted down by the Chinese authorities and arrested and thrown into prison. He was tortured and then told to give up all the names of the underground church movement, negotiated a few days reprieve. During that time, Jesus appeared to him and told him he would face a fiery trial. So he decided to fast in order to prepare for the time of testing and to pray for the underground church. From January 25th, 1984 to April 7th, 1984, that's 73 days, he did not eat. Instead, he gave his food away to the other prisoners. During this time, he was tortured mercilessly. Prisoners watched and knew it was supernatural strength. The one prisoner planted in his cell became a Christian as a result of seeing power in weakness. His inner spirit became stronger as his outward body wasted. So he was able to withstand the fiery trial. Let me ask you a question. What big issue looms in your life that you need supernatural power for? What big issue, and I think almost every one of us has at least one big issue. So reason number two why you should fast. Fasting trains your soul to resist temptation. Fasting trains your soul to resist temptation. Some people, a lot of us to be honest, just can't get victory over certain besetting sins. <coughs> For example, anger. Bitterness, jealousy, addictions to alcohol, drugs, food, pornography, etc. Even some who have experienced deliverance and freedom slide back and lose the ground they have just gained. So what would be the reason for that? Friends, listen to this. You can't just win your freedom. You have to walk out your freedom. One of the key ways to walk in your freedom is through fasting. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. I end every verse with that, every sermon almost with that. Our spirits, listen carefully, our spirits are to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. The soul, our mind, emotions, and will, is to be submitted to our spirits. The body is to be submitted to the soul. You see that kind of progression? Spirit, soul, and body. But after the fall, our spirits were dead to God. You can read that in John chapter three. The soul made up of mind, emotion, and will took charge. Think back to the story of Garden Eden. But the soul without the spirit but the soul without the spirit is like a three-year-old child whining and complaining and craving. For example, you wake up in the morning and the soul asks its emotions how it feels. The emotions respond, respond, I feel terrible. So for the remainder of the day, the emotions rule the person, acting grumpy, whiny, depressed, and complaining. It's like having a three-year-old running around and ruining your home. Such a home is not happy home to be in. And those who visit that unhappy three-year-old ruled home can't wait to leave. Then one day you get saved, born again. Your spirit comes alive to God and his spirit now wants to rule through your spirit. Have you ever tried to take control back from a 10-year-old who's been in charge of the family for a long time? That is really difficult, if not almost impossible. 
The whining and demanding only increases. So what is a parent to do? When we fast, the immature soul whines and complains and demands and stomps its foot. But our spirit must not give in. This, friends, is walking in the spirit where your spirit is in communion with the Holy Spirit of God. When a big temptation comes along, the person ruled by the spirit will make it. One of the key purposes of fasting, it strengthens our spirits so that, so that they don't give in to our souls. If you want victory over certain besetting sins and upsetting patterns in your life, fast. I remember when my wife was first diagnosed with depression. And uh, one of the things she had was a fear of going to church. It's a little difficult for a pastor's wife. And the psychologist who has a medical degree and then went on to become a doctor of psychology, he was a Christian man in Saskatoon. He told Carolyn and I, he said, you need to fast and pray. I mean, this is good stuff, people. So reason number three. Reason number three why fasting is important. Fasting expresses earnestness and urgency in our prayers. If we continue to fast, eventually we would die, right? Therefore, in a symbolic way, fasting says to God that we are prepared to lay down our lives, that the situation be changed rather than it continues. In this sense, fasting is especially appropriate when the spiritual state of the church is low. A little sidestep here. In January, we as a church want to spend three weeks fasting and praying. I'm not saying that you fast for 21 days, but we are going to be asking you to take some time every week to fast away something and spend time with God. Why? because we want to be a church that's alive. Joel chapter two, verse 12 puts it this way. Even now, declares the Lord, return, with, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast called a sacred assembly. <coughs> Sorry. By the way, in the fall, um, I seem to get allergies that pick up, so I think I'm healthy, and I put a mask on because I love you. Reason number four why we should fast Fasting gives you a hunger for Jesus, the bread of life. If I come home famished and I have 45 minutes left before mealtime, guess where I'm going to go? I go to the cupboard looking for snacks. But then when my wife wants to serve up the wonderful meal she's been preparing, I honestly am no longer hungry because I snacked on the other foods. So I won't eat much of the wonderful meal. If your soul, listen to this, if your soul is satisfied by other things, you won't be hungry for God either. Food was made for our body, not our soul, mind, emotions, will. What is supposed to feed our soul then? Psalm 23. We all know this psalm. Verses one to three, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still quiet waters. He restores my soul. Last week, I was feeling spiritually really attacked. So I asked the Lord, what should I do? And uh, the Lord said, well, first of all, go have a nap, because I was tired, so I had a nap. And then I asked the Lord, okay, what should I do? Now, I think this was on Monday on my day off. And he said, well, what you need to do is you need to listen to some good praise music, spend some time in Thanksgiving with me, and uh, then you need to take scriptures and just read them out loud. Until 
Friday, I hadn't done that. Finally, Friday morning, uh, I was working from home, and at 11 o'clock, I just got to this point when, man, I'm just so unproductive today. And the Lord reminded me, so I put some headphones in. I started listening to uh, some oldie goldies from the uh, early 80s. That wasn't really doing much, so I thought, well, I wonder if there's any good new bands. So I, I found some new bands that have just cut some new albums, and I started listening to them, and I started praising God, and I started thanking, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you this, but something broke. And I began to weep, and the songs, like I've looked back on them since, and it's not like they were spectacularly deep or anything, but for some reason the Spirit connected with my spirit because I actually took time. The Lord feeds our soul. And what does he feed it with? With spiritual food and his essence. Yet our flesh or body tries to take control and satisfy our soul aches with other stuff. Philippians chapter 3 verse 19 says, their God is their stomach. So how do we break from these illegitimate dependencies, these, these gods? First of all, you need to search your heart. Psalm 139 says, search me, O God. And know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. I hope you do that. And secondly, when he's searching your heart and he reveals the offensive ways, repent. Second Chronicles 7, 14, and we all love this verse. We have it on our walls at home. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, there's that humility again, that emptiness, that going low, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will, there's words missing in my text or something, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Does the news make you just angry? Oh man, I, I have a friend in Chilliwack who's running in the BC election. By the way, I checked this morning and he actually won. But he was just piled up upon by the media. So bad so that he resigned from the Liberal Party, which is actually the Conservative Party in BC. It's a whole weird thing there. Do you feel like sometimes you just want to start throwing stuff and, and writing on social media how awful the media is? I sure do. <laughs> but if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. So, friends, we need to fast. We need to pray. And thirdly, on how you get the soul food of God, we should fast. Joel 2.12 says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Really what this text is saying, fast from whatever God tells you to fast from. Whether it is food or something else. Ask him to reveal to you how he longs and wants you to fast for. You know, and, and often the real clue on the things we should fast from, I mean, for many of us, food, that's what it is, it's become our God. But for a lot of us, it's really clear, uh, the strong clue is when you're really upset, when you're feeling under pressure, what's your go-to thing? For some of you, you start reading the news, to get distracted, you go into social media, Facebook. For some of us, we go do some gaming. For some of us, we might go out for a jog. You know, and some of these things that we turn to instead of feeding our souls aren't bad. We're feeding our body, and it kind of makes us feel a little bit better, but what really needs fed is our soul. And God may tell you, you need to fast from this for a time. Because I don't want you to go into that go-to thing, I want you to go to me. Reason number five, the fifth one and final one. The reason we need to fast is to humble ourselves, return wholeheartedly to the Lord, and implore him to bless us again. 
Ezra 8.21 says it this way, there by the Havana Canal I proclaim a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children. With all our possessions, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from the enemies on the road because we had told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this then he answered our prayer. It's kind of interesting because he, he began to make promises about God and it sounds like he got a little bit nervous. And remember, James, we have not because we don't ask. So he began to implore God. He, began to, he humbled himself and he prayed and he said, oh God, please provide Ezra fully understood that Jews were in Babylonian captivity because they had forsaken the Lord their God. Knowing that they needed God's protection for the journey and simultaneously realizing that they had angered the Lord, Ezra called for a fast to humble themselves before the Lord. Essentially, they were saying through their fasting and prayers, we were wrong. We don't deserve your favor and protection. Please forgive us and hear our prayers for protection. Friends, that's humility. Joel, in the book of Joel, chapter two, verse 12, puts it this way. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. No more immorality. No more duplicity or double-mindedness. No more selfishness and self-centeredness. No more living for myself. I had been going to church, I think, for oh, six, seven years before I even heard the word fasting, and maybe there was a sermon on it and I didn't pay attention. I told somebody this morning I was preaching on fasting, and they said, oh, uh, excuse me, I need to go out and have something to eat, because that's kind of where we go, oh man, fasting, that, that's just horrible. I have known some really serious food fasters. I've known a few that actually, I knew one guy fasted for three months. He was basically bones by the time he was finished. And I'm not calling you and asking you to be that, but I'm asking you to go to the Lord and ask him, what's my go-to thing that I need to give up for a little while? And sometimes it can be a really healthy thing. It usually is an obsession that you might have. But in conclusion, I just want to ask you this. Please try fasting. And ask God what kind of fast you need. And I want to start off with my first suggestion. And there's a reason why I go to this one. So if you're under 16, close your ears. God may ask you to fast sexually. Especially if you've been struggling with pornography. Just fast from it. And you know in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, Paul says don't withhold your sexual stuff with your partner except for fasting, he says. So there is biblical precedence to fast from things other than to food. But maybe a media fast, uh, maybe a spending fast, maybe an exercise or hobby fast. Anything that might be your go-to thing to feed your soul instead of going to God. Anything done excessively to satisfy the craving of the soul should be included in this category. And of course, pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we war not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And the darker side of what I'm seeing on television right now, the, the obsession with darkness and death, and I believe we try to make light of it. We try to scare ourselves. We try to enter into this because it actually does terrify us. And we do war not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And there is so much going on underneath the surface when our marriage is in conflict, when our children are walking away from the Lord, 
when our boss is treating us meanly, when we're maybe even possibly the ones getting laid off. Oh God, help us to understand that we can't just sit back passively. We need to be active. We need to be praying. We need to be getting serious. When we have a wayward child walking away from the Lord, may we pray, may we fast. When we have a neighbor's marriage that's just a wreck, oh God, may we intercede on their behalf. Recently, God, in some reading I was doing, I was given a challenge that even when I pray and fast, I need to pray and fast generously to others. Uh, We always want to pray about our stuff and our issues and our problems and our family. Oh God, may we be generous with our praying and fasting for others. You have given us a spirit of generosity. And may we lavish on others fasting and prayer. May we pray for our neighbors, for people in the church, for businessmen in the church, for people that are struggling financially. Oh God, let us be that people of prayer. May we humble ourselves. May our souls be fed. May our spirit, tuned into your spirit, lead our soul, our emotions, so that our bodies can be led properly. But oh God, we're like spoiled little teenagers. We're like spoiled little two or three year olds. And we need to rein that in. So Holy Spirit, lead us. Lead our spirit. Feed our souls. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please stand with me. A reminder that we have our annual meeting tonight, and uh, anybody can come out, by the way, but members, it's not a request. Uh, I, 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 I always like to be nasty and demand, but I won't demand. I don't do that. But if you're a member, please show up tonight. And I know some people are busy and can't make it. And uh, if you can't make it, maybe find somebody to give a proxy to so that we can have our quorum. Um, We also have altar here. And uh, we call it an altar because it's a place where you can come and pray for somebody and be prayed for. And over here, we have uh, one of our elders, couples, and uh, they would love to pray for you. And uh, I know last Sunday, second service, I, I was talking about prayer, and for whatever reason, the altar filled up with people wanting prayer. What's with that, eh? Oh, God is good. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, May God himself, and this is God moving. This is his word I'm proclaiming. May God himself, the God of peace, may he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. May it be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And I hope you see the beauty in that passage. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Amen. Go and fast in peace.